this show contains full spoilers for the Wheel of Time books. Watch at your own risk. Hi, everyone. I'm Rebecca. Hi, Max. And I'm the Geeky Hippie. Welcome to And What the Adaptation It Is, where we discuss adaptations from one medium to another. To kick off our show, we discuss the Wheel of Time adaptation by Rafe Judkins for Amazon Prime and Sony Studios. Tonight, we talk about the recently released teaser trailer. Rebecca? There's so much we could say about this teaser trailer, and I think we're all really excited by it. But we want to focus on what are some things in this teaser trailer that indicate the kinds of changes that the show is going to be making as they're adapting from the books. From the very start of the teaser, the very first thing we see is something that is potentially a change, or at least it's something that's really added a great more detail and and depth to compared to what is in the book. So what did you guys think about everything to do with Egwene, this sort of ceremony or ritual that's going on? The first thing we see of it is Nynaeve pushing her off the cliff. Well, that's not necessarily the first thing that actually happens, but we just think about that whole series of things in the trailer, the cliff, going down the river, this pool that she surfaces in, the paint, all of that. Do we think that's connected? What do we think is going on here? I'm not necessarily convinced that they're 100% connected. But we'll find out. Definitely. Okay. I don't know. I think they, they I, I personally do think they're connected to an extent. Um, the paint scene might be, a, might be on its own. That I do think is a possibility. I'm, I'm all for changes and I don't mind this change too much. This one showing something that we know happened, that there had to have been some sort of initiation ritual you know we, we would presume something like that would happen you know for the women's council to decide that you know Egwene was ready to braid her hair that that makes sense you know we don't get anything hinting at that in the books not even the companion or the big white book but it makes sense I don't know why they felt they had to add that to the story yet you know we don't have enough information on it to know um, after we see it in the episode, perhaps then we'll be able to understand why they felt they had to add that because everything they add takes away space for something that they had to cut. Mm -hmm. So that's a concern. And there's a lot that they had to cut for something like this to be put in. And yeah, it gives some gorgeous scenery. I mean, visually that was stunning. I mean, I, I can't take that away. That that gave us some beautiful shots. I mean, that shot of her coming up out of that pool of water with the paint on her. Was Unforgettable. Just... I just wanted to pick up on some of the things you said, um, because I think it's definitely fair to say, like, okay, if there was some kind of ritual like this in the book, we probably wouldn't know about it because it probably would be like secretive women's circle business. And like, we are only getting Rand's perspective in the book at that point. So Right. Yeah, we wouldn't know about it. Like if it if it could have existed in the book, but we w definitely wouldn't have gotten it. So I think that it, that's a good argument for like, you know, getting it. But also the thing I think that is important about scenes like that early on is we're introducing a lot of these characters in the first episode. And in the book, every character that we're introduced to, we're introduced to when Rand comes across them, when he meets them or when he encounters them. And so it's all from his perspective and that like centers him as this, you know, main character. And I know they don't want to do that, right? It's very clear from this trailer that they don't want to put an extra focus on Rand. So right. I think it is important to introduce characters like Nynaeve and Egwene, not specifically when Rand sees them. Like they need to be doing something else not through Rand's lens. Not through Rand's lens. And so I think that's a that's a good that's a good reason to do it. There's probably other reasons too, but that's just one that comes to mind. The only thing I'd really add is there are a lot of fans who will be rewinding that scene where Nighty pushes a big way out the cliff. <laughs> it's the original yeet. Yeah. It's a it's a good yeet. And and it's also a fantastic meme already. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Lover, uh, hater. 
people will be rewinding it. Yes. Yeah. Um, so just like before we move on from this one, the only other thing I'll say, because I think a lot there's a lot of, you know, uncertainty in the fans as to like, you know, are all these things connected? Is is it all like a ris- a wisdom ritual or is it something else? Like, is it a dream? Is it a Gwen and an accepted test? So the one thing that I'll throw out there that I think points to it all being a piece is if you look really carefully at like what Egwene's wearing before Nynaeve pushes her off, it is the same dress or underdress or whatever as she's wearing when she's in the pool. But more importantly, if you like up the, the color contrast on it, you can see that there are like stripes of color and like paint that were on this dress. So um, before she pushes her in. Before she pushes her in. So that's the interesting thing is the trailer might have like reversed the order of these things. And in the part where she comes up out of the pool, if you look carefully, there do look to be some women standing on the shore behind her. So like maybe that's the women's circle. And so maybe that's the first part of the ritual is she comes up, you know, she does that part. She gets cleaned up a bit, you know, washes her face, at least braids her hair because her hair is braided when Nynaeve pushes her. And you can see some remnants of the paint on her dress. So And dries off. Yeah. Yeah. So it is a bit of, you know, evidence that that dream, that that it's not a dream and that it's not like two separate things, that it is connected. But, you know, could be misleading. But while we're on um, the topic of Egwene, the next big thing for her that seems to be a really significant change is this scene between Egwene and Rand where they're scantily dressed. What did you make of this? Like, you know, when do you think this is happening? Um, What are your thoughts about this kind of change to make their relationship more mature, at least, I would say? It probably, well, obviously before winter night or Beltane night, whichever night that the attack is happening on. But I mean, definitely before that. I can't see this happening anytime after. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't see them having the time, except maybe in Faldara, but I doubt they're going to show us anything from Faldara this early. Not in a teaser. I think on that point that there's really good reason to think that we don't get anything from episode seven or eight in the teaser. And that's right. when we would see Faldara. And partly just because those episodes were like not finished until later than the rest of them. So that, that footage probably wouldn't have even been available. So um, yeah, I feel pretty firmly that this is not Faldara, but that's a good point about how, you know, on their journeys, is there another time that they might've been able to get like a quiet, intimate moment aside from if we're going to say it's not Faldara between Emmonsfield and Faldara, where else could that be? Any thoughts on that, Max? I look at the scene as, like, it's semi-intimate, but mm-hmm. also maybe, like, they're in scantily clad because they're trying to get their clothes to dry. Okay. And that was always kind of a running theme in the books, is they're always crossing these rivers and always having to get dry again. Yeah. Uh, I could possibly say Shade Our Little Goth when they're resting, but, yeah. Looks too nice for Shatter Logoth, I think. <laughs> like, well, not creepy, you know? Yeah. Like, um, like, Logoth is a distant possibility. I think tone-wise, and, like, it would be a very weird place to put something like mm-hmm. that in. Because you just kind of want Shatter Logoth to be, like, tense and frightening. Oh, yeah. And it would be very strange to kind of, you know, tone-wise to shift to something like that in the middle of it, I think. Mm-hmm. You get you know, if they're missing Camille entirely, this could just be some kind of shed in the woods. Yeah. But so, like, again, we don't know what how they're going to adapt, you know, parts of it. But, like, if they were to split up, you know, after Shatter Logoth, we're pretty sure they do. Um, and then they're not back together again until whatever they're doing. And I guess it's maybe not Camelin. Arvalon. Arvalon or whatever. Kyrian. Um, so that whatever that is in my mind seems like the only other alternative to it being in Emmons Field because I think to find a place that it's a, it's a large room and um, where are we going to find a place like that you know and they're split up for for like a you know a few episodes there so her daddy owns an inn yeah no that's what i think it is like, <laughs> i think it looks like the wine spring like if we look at other shots we have of the wine spring and like the chandeliers 
That's what it looks like to me. I think I'm this is the to... first episode. It really could be. Got the hanging uh, lights for sure. Yeah. I mean, so my thought was, okay, let's just say for a second that this is the wine spring and it's before the attack. And that kind of, to me, takes away the likelihood of it being like, oh, they're just wet and needed to get dried off. Like they're Mm -hmm. home. Like they don't need to be like drying off in that way together. That to me then says that this is just a, this is um, after them being intimate, like they're having a physically intimate relationship. um, And this is after... So how would you guys feel about a change like that? If that's what this is, um, which is my guess. I think that's a relationship the modern audience can understand better than, oh, everybody in the village and around here assumes that we're going to get married someday. Mm -hmm. But we've never so much as kissed. Maybe we've kissed, but we've never gone beyond that. And we're not officially, no. That's that's cheesy and hokey and old-fashioned. You know, that's Little House on the Prairie. Mm -hmm. Them having been intimate kind of seems a bit more grown up because, well, they are a bit more grown up. They're not teenagers. This is a change I fully support. Yeah, so the idea of them being intimate, yeah, sure. That that, that, I'm fine with that. I don't think it really changes much because just because they screw doesn't mean they have to get married you know <laughs> well that and... does a change culturally right like if we look at rand in the books you know he as he's built in, as a character in the books like does think that way right because that's part of their culture so that's a change um if, if think, now the culture gonna, is not that way in their mind I, I i think they're gonna i think he's they're gonna pull back a little bit from that mm-hmm. um especially with some of the talk that Rafe has said, you know, it's where Rand with the three girls isn't going to be so much polygamy as polyandry. You know, he's opening that up a bit. Amory, what did I say? Polyandry. said polyamory. Yeah, I meant polyamory. It's not that. <laughs> no, it's not that. Um, but they're, they're, they're modernizing it a bit more in the romantic um, department, I think. And so it makes more sense to me, and I'm I'm all for it, and it makes Rand seem like less of a doofus. Mm. What do you think, Max? Wasn't there a thing about a year and a day from betrothal to marriage in Two Rivers? Oh, hmm. The only year and a day I remember is Guy Shane. Yeah, that's me too. I don't know. I'm almost positive they had something. It was a similar concept, but like you had to be. A trod for like a year and a day before you could actually get married. Oh, you yeah. know what? You you might be right because it could be in the Shadow Rising when Perrin wants to marry Fayil mm-hmm. that they talk about that. And I just remember it was like they still could have a relationship, but it was like they just didn't have the whole marriage part yet. Oh, so what you're saying is maybe like they're betrothed, so yeah. they're in the year and a day. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a possibility. And given RJ in the book series, I don't necessarily say I would preclude the possibility of them not being having any intimacy at all. Mm-hmm. No, and that's just that's a really good point. Um, because like if they had been officially betrothed, then they're within the year and the day they're waiting that mm-hmm. length of time because that's required. Yeah, then maybe they look differently at that kind of thing, like. You know, I, you're right about that because Rand that might fit in with his belief, right? Um, really good point. And also, if they've made them a little bit older, and we look at the trajectory that like Rand and Egwene were on, if they oh, yeah. stayed in the Two Rivers, like you know, three to five more years, yeah, they would have been betrothed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I recall like everyone believed they were going to get married, so maybe they basically were betrothed or yeah, dating or something. Yeah, they may not have the same views we do old time wise mm-hmm. so I don't necessarily say I detract too much from the series like what we know we don't really yeah. know how intimate they really were okay. and it doesn't yeah. mean you have to get rid of Rand being a prude when it comes to you know like being in Faldara with nakedness around women 
True, that's or, different, right? Like know, being comfortable around just general nudity around people you don't know very well and women in particular. Yeah, yeah that's that's a separate thing. That's a good that, thing. that can still kind of freak Rand out, you know? Definitely. That, that, that can still be a problem. But Yeah, okay. Um, and the other thing I'll throw out there, you know, for this kind of change too, is I think what's really important is from like an emotional investment in the characters and their journey, having Rand and Egwene be in more of an established relationship where like there is a romance element there that, that we actually spend a little bit of time on makes it more powerful later on when they do break up that it actually might, you know, we feel something at that point. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the book, we're kind of like, just like, meh, I knew that was going to happen from the beginning when she just like, get it on or get it over with already, you know? Because I feel like that is the way it was in the books. It was like, this has been books coming. We never really invested in them in the first place. And then it's like, okay, yeah, whoop, they blew, they broke up. Rand can yeah. go flirt with Elaine now. And that intimacy cements them as a couple for their audience, for the modern yeah. audience. From a book standpoint, I'd say RJ was not necessarily the greatest at saying relationships are happening. I agree. Like, Nine Haven Land completely blindsided me. I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. And Matt, or Moraine and Tom. Yeah. I was okay. like, what? I'm, I'm still puzzled about that one. Yeah, because it's all, like, happening in the way background. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it, you know, or, you know he just didn't spend a lot of time like developing something right like Egwene and and Gowan is just like oh she has a dream and all of a sudden she's like oh that's the brother I like right. as long as they don't actually show the sex scene so that people have to complain oh they just threw it in there so we could have a sex scene it's the next game of thrones yeah well I mean okay I... so on that I mean right that's a stupid argument and I don't know that I don't know that they probably will show much because it's, it is rated TV 14. So I don't think we're getting anything Game of Thrones like as far as that goes. But the thing is, if they did show that, there's a story and a character reason for that, right? It's not like just, hey, gratuitous boobs. Right. I didn't know it had gotten an official rating. If you okay. go to the Amazon Prime, like there's a page for it now. So oh, okay. information like that, like the ratings. So. I didn't know it had a page ready. I'll have to go. go Just since you can actually go watch the teaser trailer on Amazon Prime, it looks a little bit better too. What's next? All right. So agenda? next up, well, there's a number of things connected to Shadow Logos. Um, just kind of going chronologically into the order of scenes we think, you know, might happen in the show. So Shadow Logos, there's a number of different changes uh, connected to this. Um, some of which might not be super obvious, but like, I'm just going to open this up to you guys. So, you know, what struck out to you in the Shadow Logos scene, something that seemed like it was different or a change to you? Well, this one's not new. It's been talked about for a while, but it looks like Matt finds the dagger all by himself. He's not with the boys and they're not with Mordeth mm-hmm. and he doesn't grab the dagger to defend himself. He just finds it. And he's greedy. And he's like, I want it. My precious, I want it. That's what it is. It's the ring. And I mean, it really is. It's it's the it's the, the Lord of the Rings, the ring coming into the Wheel of Time. And that's a change. I don't know if it'll work in the show. I think it could work. I'm a little disappointed. We're probably not going to see more death. That mm. would have been neat to I wanted to see that special effect of him inflating like a balloon and then shrinking down and going through a crack in the wall. That that just that would be a really cool special effect to see. I wanted but, Steve to be Mordeth, but doesn't look like it. That would have been cool. So uh um, you know, my thought on that was we don't really have too much to go by in that scene. We don't know if Matt and Pear yeah, Matt and or Parrot and Rand are off behind and other doorway, doorway or something with more death. We don't really know. Somehow I doubt we're going to get more death though. Mm-hmm. Like that. Uh, it's kind of like the uh, Watchmen and the giant squids in space. Uh, it might be hard for audiences to take seriously a guy that inflates like out of Willy Wonka. Yeah, yeah. it might. The other thing uh, that it does is it, it makes them all look like pretty dumb because um, there's this guy who calls himself Mortis. 
and he tells them to like go in this like creepy building with him and get some treasure and they're all just and matt's just like yeah and the other guys are just like okay so i mean i just think they would all look really really dumb so i mean it's hard to get around that yeah, there is that there is that i mean but... he is the badger guy so it yeah. does look like it's not a urgent situation because Matt's mm-hmm. sitting there playing with the dagger, just spinning it in his fingers, looking at it, you know, you know, holding it like this, just spinning it. If you're in an urgent situation, you're not going to be spinning a dagger in your hand, examining it. He's no, taking I, his time. I think that that is a good point and that it's fair to say that he didn't just like grab it off of a you know a pile to defend himself like and especially like that little teaser we had where he's opening up the box Mm -hmm. and he's taking his time so i think that is fair to say and um it's an interesting change because it's making the choice very deliberate it's not just like oh i'm in trouble let me grab something and then once he has it he can't really let it go this is a deliberate thing he's doing so he might look stupid anyway but um (laughs) Maybe it lets looks stupid until book three. Maybe, yeah, maybe it lets Perrin and Rand off the hook a little bit for also being stupid. But yeah, um, I think I'm uh, more concerned about Moraine's injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk about See, that. I don't know that she's injured here. Well, in the, go ahead. Uh, the magazine, we see Land carrying her out of Shadar Logoth. Yeah, she could just be exhausted from channeling too much. Possibly. It's a situation in which she would be channeling a lot. It's I, I think her injury comes from the, the scene with the that we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. With the I said I can't. I think yeah. that's when her injury comes. It's an unanswered question. I would um I kind of lean toward Max's point of view, I think. Like with that other shot that we have and land carrying her. Yeah, she could just be exhausted, but now that we know that she gets an injury. Um, I think it could make sense that she's injured in Shutter Logoth, or maybe not even like in Shutter Logoth. Maybe it's even right before, like they get attacked by Shadow Spawn, like right before they go there. Maybe that's how she gets injured. You know, yeah. she's injured when she's there, but because it already happened. So maybe it's like a Thakandar blade or something that injures her. Um, and the other thing that I think helps figure help us figure out like what's happening is there is um there was a leaked audition script where it does look like Maureen is injured and Lan is saying that Nynaeve, he's Lan talking to Nynaeve and he's saying that she could help Maureen. Um, So it's like hinting that maybe like Nynaeve could heal her. And um, so, yeah, anyway, I think that that does point to it earlier than when she meets up with the eyes style. Like she's already injured and we we see in the trailer that um, Kareen I'd... heals her, so that's that happens later. But she could have had this injury for a little while, perhaps. I had forgotten about that leak, that yeah. leak scene. The thing I wanted to bring up was um, we see the shadow falling in the in the trailer. Um, so like, there's you know a scene where it's like sort of falling on. I think it's Egwene okay. and Rand and Perrin. Um, and then, like, Egwene, like, is, like, running up outside onto the wall, and we see the shadow still kind of coming down. Like, do we think that the shadow is, like, their version of Mashadar? Or is it something else? I think it might be. There's this shot where there's some, there's blackness going up that statue. Yeah. That, is that what you get? Uh, yeah. That same mm-hmm. thing? Yeah. I think that might be their Mashadar. Uh, yeah. I, I think that might be their Mashadar. Uh, instead of a glowing white fog, just because I don't know why they would change that. I'm trying to come up with a rationale for that. Maybe audiences would be more scared of a creepy black fog that sticks, you know, like that than a creepy white fog that yeah, glows. Yeah, just be a visual, like what looks better. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we know that part of the mythology of it is you fight the shadow with shadow mm. yeah yeah but, it does know. tie into the name of shadow logoth right you know shadows waiting it's more literally a shadow perhaps 
because some of Jordan's choices on descriptions were just because it sounded cool not because mm-hmm. it actually would look cool yeah right you don't have to worry too much about like what, what what something looks like you can describe it in a way that might you know and you get that feeling from it but it is um and I think this kind of I'm I'm jumping to something else here but it it's another reason maybe why they changed some some things about the the fate the mirror draw because in the book like you have this description of the fade just creating fear right like that sense that as soon as it's in your presence you feel it and and you can describe that in a book but it might be hard to come across on screen mm-hmm. so they're making visual changes to what it looks like to create that terror just by looking at it that you can't that thing's terrifying yeah that thing's really terrifying i i don't mind the change of the fade at all um yeah murdrell should look like a normal person just really pasty white and then like eyes blanked out right that's how it's described but maybe that is not at well it's not as terrifying looking as what they came up with you know so it might be in part to compensate for what you can't describe right a feeling that you can describe on the page that you can't describe that way so you have to a murder all is fear murdral is fear exactly yeah so moving on from shatter logith um we then have a number of things that seem to be connected together here right there's there's all these shots it's kind of we got to try to kind of piece them together here but basically everything to do with this group of Aes Sedai that capture Loghain and we can see at certain points that Moraine is with them Nynaeve is with them Lan is with them so presumably and this fits in with some other another leaked audition script after Shadar Logith and the party splits, um, we you know maybe again this this could be where Nynaeve catches up to uh, Lan and Moraine. There's a scene in the teaser that suggests that that might be the case where Nynaeve is pulling a, a knife on Lan. But anyway, the three of them end up together, and then they end up with this group that has Loghain. And a number of things happen. It looks like there is an attack. You know, Alana stopping the the, the arrows. Um, we see Loghain like bursting out of his cage and it looks like, you know, Kareen and other Aes Sedai are thrown into the air. Looks like she's killed. Her warder, Stepin, then attacks Loghain. Um, there, so there's a lot of things that are happening here that are completely different. Yeah. Lots to talk about. They're completely new. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm not even different yes yeah. completely new completely new yeah absolutely and i don't know why i mean all right i know that they had to add i'm okay with them adding low gain stuff mm-hmm. they said they were going to increase low gains role i'm like all right sure i mean he's a great character you know and sure go ahead increase his role it kind of adds to the mystery of who the Dragon Reborn is. You know, if you play it right, where if you play it like, yeah, Loghain's the Dragon Reborn. But at the same time, do we really need to add that much to the story? I don't know. I'm curious. I'm looking forward to seeing how much they do it. I think they might be focusing too much there. And I mean, if they really had to add Moraine Land and Nynaeve for joining them, okay but i think they could have kept them separate and kept the two storylines separate and had it worked out just fine all right so so we kind of all right so that's that's the question on your mind like you know it's a lot of stuff right we there's a lot of things in there so and you identified that by increasing Logan's storyline it does add to the mystery of who the dragon reborn is so that's one point we've hit on so max do you want to add to it like of all these things that are being added here like what are some other reasons that you can think of like what what might this add what would be the reasons so i remember reading this and someone had pointed out that maybe it has nothing to do with like adding to the mystery of the dragon reborn but showing how dangerous male channelers are until you know, we grow up with Ram, we don't really see how dangerous it really is. We see tidbits here and there of how powerful it is, but we don't really see the madness or mm-hmm. 
you know, the, the paint over the one power and how horrible it is and how mind affecting. And by, so by enhancing Logan's story, we can see the other end of just how bad it is. Egwene can see how bad it is. Or not Egwene. Nynaeve can see how bad it is. And that can help her, you know, with Egwene showing that, you know, maybe we should definitely keep an eye on Rand. Mm-hmm. So the, the audience understands the threat of that. So we understand why the Aes Sedai do what they do. So we understand why when Rand finds out that he can channel, like why that's a devastating thing and why it affects, you know, some people the way that it does. So I think that is important, you know, to have that in Loghain's storyline. And potentially if we do see him gentled in this season, it has that side of it too, right? Not just that he's a, you know, a scary threat, but also something horrible is being done to him and we might have that sympathy or that that fear on that side of it too um okay so but like taking it aside from like Loghain because yes we're expanding Loghain's storyline the other thing I'll throw out there is that by bringing like Moraine and Lan and Nynaeve into it it gives them more to do because in that whole section of the book where they're split from the rest of the party. We see them a couple times, but like, they're kind of just like tracking the others, you know, and yes, they should be showing other things like, Hey, maybe show Nynaeve and uh, land falling in love and not leave that off the screen. But aside from that, um, it, it's giving us more for them to do and um, showing like maybe more of the dynamics of the eyes that I as well. Yeah, that makes sense. I would say if we are skipping Chameleon and we're skipping uh, Elida, what mm. other better way to show how much, as an audience, we don't like the Red Ajah? Mm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like, because we know we have Leandrin, and we're not expecting to like her. Um, Those other Red Ajah look like pieces of work, too. Here they all have resting bitch face going. <laughs> Resting red Aja face. Yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> um, yeah, so... That's a um, joke. That's a joke to I, everyone who plays a red Aja Twitter, okay? Um, and then, okay, so then what do you guys think about the whole, like, um, Kareen and Stefan angle of it? Very that, gives a, that gives a good insight into the reaction of a warder when his Aes Sedai dies, mm-hmm. which is something we need to see. Instead of having it told to us, we need to see it. Mm-hmm. It needs to be shown to us because that's going to happen or the, the threat of that is going to happen. And so we need to understand why a certain order bond gets passed on or gets set keyed to pass on upon Moraine's death or disappearance or the severing of that bond. And so that's, I think that's the key reason why they're including that particular character and her death with her warder, you know, freaking out about that. I think that's the main purpose of that, death where they're like oh, we got to have one of these i said i die yeah. named i said i wither ward you know the random reds that die so what you know they don't matter if they don't have warders it doesn't matter if there's any other ice to die that die maybe their warders die too we don't know who all those bodies yeah there's a lot of there. bodies there we don't know who, i'm sure they're not all eyes to die right i'm sure and some I'm, of them are yeah. warders and the other thing is they they could have some soldiers with them i don't yeah they don't could really... they, yeah, I was just going to say that. But there is some of them there are might soldiers be in Tarvalin, so maybe um, maybe some of them or, are soldiers. Or local local soldiers. Yeah. You know? But Kareen and, and Stepan are going to, like, personify this, basically, right? Like, she is going right. to be the the more featured character who's going to die, and then we get to see her warder's reaction to it. So, yeah. So, you know, Anything you wanted concern. to add to that, Max? You were going to say something? Yep. I was going to say, my main concern is the timeline on that. Like, for adaptation, that's a huge divergence. Mm-hmm. And if she's still the Emerlion, 
you know, her going yeah. out like that's pretty weird. Well, she, she was the ambulance. Oh, she, no, was the ambulance. she was the she sitter. Was... I think. Oh, okay, sitter. I um, thought and... she was the captain general of the Greens. Oh, yeah. Was she both or was she just the captain general? I don't remember. She was not the Omerlin, but she was one of the Omerlin's um, searchers. One, the, one mm. of the, the small circle of Aes Sedai. Just the was... captain general and one of Tamra Spiena's searchers. Okay, so not a sitter. She was the captain general. Okay, she, but yeah, so she was one of Tamra's searchers. So one of the few Aes Sedai that she brought into the secret about Gatara's foretelling that the dragon was being reborn and was out looking for this baby. And all of those Aes Sedai were killed by Black Aja in New Spring. And that's when like Moraine and Swan realized that they're the only ones who know this. Okay. Yeah, I totally mixed up names there. Mm-hmm. That's right. I was thinking it's easy enough to do with yeah. um, all these eyes that I names. Yep. I, I was totally thinking she was there really, and that changes a lot of things. Her being a searcher makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Moving it up, since she's not there really, and that doesn't change too much. Yeah. I was I curious about this change too, because like, what they could have picked a different eyes to die. But what what are your thoughts on that? So, one question is. You know, they're showing the bad part of what happens in the Asade dies in order. So long term, why are they showing us now? Are they going to shorten the series so much that season two or three more into Spears? I think it's three, to be honest. I think it's I the think end so of too. three. I, it is yeah. the way I can kind of outline it in my mind. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think that's it. Okay. So Last thing I just wanted to ask you guys on this whole sequence of things is we see Loghain break out of his cage. Do you think he actually escapes or do you think they recapture him, take him to Tarvalin and gentle him? I think they capture him and I think it's probably Moiraine who does it. Moiraine and Lan. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think Moiraine's in trouble for Mm -hmm. something. When yeah. she's at the when they're in Tarvalon, but I think she gets out of being in nearly as much trouble because she's probably the one who stops Logan and recaptures him and puts okay. him back in custody. That would be interesting. Yeah, that's my theory. It's back to Kareen's death, real quick. Oh yeah, I think it's quite possible that she's not killed by the attack to rescue Loghain. She's killed during the attack, mm-hmm. but not by one of Loghain's rescuers, but by a Black Aja during the the attack. Okay. So to me, now again, it could be I very misleading. It does still kind of searching. look like she dies as Loghain is breaking out of the cage. Like you see her flying okay. in the air. You see... um her lying on the ground when Stepan is doing like his crazy leap at Loghain. So you okay. see, um, so it could be misleading, but it does look like Loghain kills her when he breaks out of. That's a possibility. That's a good um, possibility. But, just, I, I suspect she's still searching for the dragon. Mm-hmm. And I think that the black guy still wants to get rid of her. Okay, well, that would be interesting, and it would be explain why they wanted to bring her in. I think uh, maybe the Black this- Asha broke Loghain out, let Loghain loose, as we were talking about earlier. Like, Leandrin is also holding his shield at that time. It's Leandrin and Kareen, I think, who are holding his shield when he breaks out. So, like, yeah, let's say Leandrin, like, did something, you know, to, like, um, free. alter the shield, and it allows him to, to break free, um, and that's you know, so that's what happens. So, so yeah, she could very well be involved. She might even have worked it out with Logan and said, hey, I'll let you free. You do this. Yeah, that's a good point. There's these shots of Tarvalon and Maureen is there. Um, do we think that all the shots of Tarvalon that we see in this teaser are all like in that sequence of time? So like basically after, you know, let's assume they've brought Loghain there, you know, so like episode six, the flame of Tarvalin, maybe like that's um, what's happening. And do we think it's all in that same kind of like time frame, or do we think there's anything that might not be? Okay. I'm pretty sure Kareen 
does not show up in any of those shots of Tarvalin. Okay. I didn't think so. I think there's nothing in any of the shots that we saw in the trailer that are clearly outside of that time frame in in Tarvalin. That one image we had of Moraine where she's like looking out over the city and like we just see her from behind. She does look like she's wearing a different dress in that shot. That could be a totally different time frame. Moraine at least is there. Would we assume that um, Lan and Nynaeve are there as well? And do we assume that, like, the other members of the group, like, rejoin there instead of Camelin? Like, what do Ooh. we think is happening? You know, do, do who else do think ends up in Tarvalin? That's Trixie, because I don't see them ever letting Nynaeve leave to go to Faldara right? with Moraine. I don't know. They, they right. would have to... Start so, company with the ice today at some point to go rescue Egwene and parent. Well, that's the other thing, right? Like that whole thing. And so, but I'll throw this out there too, because this brings in another change. There's that shot of the Waygate where we see in the distance, we, people we know are over by the Waygate are Moraine. We can definitely see Moraine and Aldeeb. It's pretty clear that Perrin is with her. And I'm going to assume Egwene is as well. There's, there's other yeah. figures over there. So I think Egwene is one of them maybe loyal. It's really hard to say. But the four people who are riding up towards the Waygate are definitely Lan, Nynaeve, Rand, and Matt. Okay. So what if um, at some point after, you know, that whole attack happens um, and the funeral and everything, Moraine tells Lan, take Nynaeve, get her out of here, and go get you know, maybe she can tell that, like, you know, Rand and Matt are nearby or something like that. Like, go get them. Oh, um, um, in the book, then, she gives them the coins. Right. So, yeah. you know, whatever whatever method they're using, the coins or, you know, she um, she she knows they're nearby. So maybe she tells them, like, you got to get Nynaeve out of here. You know, take her and go get them. And I got to go to Tarvalin. And then maybe, like... You know, she does that, and then she's able to, like, you know, from there, I don't know how they're going to work it out, but, like, maybe Moraine rescues Egwene and Perrin, and then they all meet back up together, because, of course, Lan would be able to find Moraine again. Right. Um, you know, if, if they were separated. So, uh, I mean, that's just one possibility, but I just I have a hard time totally thinking that like everyone is in Tarvalin the way that everyone is in Camelin in the book because right. I don't I, I just I don't know why they would let Egwene and Nynaeve go they wouldn't they, they would have to be at a tavern and not the tower if they oh. went to Tarvalon. right right and hope right. they Which... don't walk past and hope they don't walk past a nice Sedai yeah on their way from the bridge yeah. They're crossing the bridge to getting into a tavern and vice versa. The, the tavern or the inn is possible, you know, because like we know like Basil Gill shows up somewhere and it's probably not Camelin. So like no. maybe he's got an inn in Tarvalin instead. Maybe there is an inn there that they do end up with. But yeah, it's hard for me to believe that they all just like, yeah, let's just go to the White Tower. Yeah, he he um, probably has the Amelin's blessing. Where do we think the Waygate is? Because the Waygate is like in the middle of nowhere. It's not in Camelin. It's not in Tarvalin. It's like out in a big field. I have no idea because we have no idea what part of the country, the land, the world they're even in at this point. So. I mean, it's like it would be like I'm thinking it would be like a couple of miles outside of town, like a mile or two outside of town where there used to be a Ogier Grove. It seems like Moraine, at least, is in Tarvalin in episode six at some point. And that's the, the, the episode called The Flame of Tarvalin. And there's that big scene that Rafe mentioned of having like 30 women. Well, we saw 30 women in a room like that scene yeah. it, so that must be in episode six and the waygate is also in episode six so like geographically i guess the waygate can't be far from tarvalin probably but it's definitely not like part of the city or on the island i don't think because yeah, there's no there's... place that's like open like that no and it doesn't make sense for there to be a waygate way out in the middle of nowhere near Tarvalon, and there's a waygate in the Ogre Grove. 
on Tara Vallon. Yeah, also a good point. Where does where does Loyal come in? Like, where do we meet Loyal in all of this? Um, so I, I I am having a little bit of a hard time piecing that together, but I do feel like um, Camelin is definitely not in this story. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, in this in this season, um, yeah. like it can definitely come in later. But like, do you agree? Do we? Th- does anybody think that Camelin still fits in here anywhere? I, I've given up on Camelin being in season one with the lack of casting. You know, there's two Camelin characters we have. That's Basil Gill and Loyal. Right. Right. And that's it. And they could both be in Tarvalin. Like, I think both kind of make sense. You could make Basil Gill an um, an innkeeper in Tarvalin. If you're not going to do any of his later storyline where he's helping more gays, like, if you're just not going to do that part, then, yeah, make him an innkeeper in Tarvalin. And, you know, Loyal would want to go there because he would want to see the Grove. So Loyal could be there. Um, Would he just be some random innkeeper they meet, or would he be somebody that Tom sent them to meet? And why would Tom know an innkeeper in Tarvalon and not Camelin? Yeah, I mean, so he would just be just be a random innkeeper, I think, at that point. Like, which makes me wonder why name him Basil Gill. I don't know. That's why I didn't think that that was what they were doing in the first place. But I'm guessing it's just a cameo, and maybe they knew they were going to cut out his main storyline anyway. So they're like, "Yeah, let's throw him a bone." That's see, that's one of those things where I'm like, why, Rafe, are you making this change? What is the purpose? Okay. I, I understand can... I can understand why you're not doing Camelin season one. Mm. Because it would be some extra cost. You could have saved yourself that money if you hadn't spent so much time and money on all this. I said I tried a lot of stuff that wasn't needed. Well, it's a trade-off, right? I think that that's fair to say, like, I can see why they wouldn't do Camelin and Tarvalon in one season. Like, right. that's too much. So you right. have to choose one or the other. So if they and decided for reasons they wanted to do Tarvalon, okay, then they're going to yeah. make that work and they're going to take Camelin out because you kind of have to pick and choose. So that's what I'm thinking and happened. It is feasible and possible to hire an actor for one episode in season one mm-hmm. and not have them come back until season two. Are you talking about which which actor are you talking about? Oh, I'm talking about Elaine. Oh, Elaine. You could, you could quite easily have hired an actor like that and hired actors for Galad and Gawain for one episode in season one and not have them appear until brief episodes and because you know they're already not going to be appearing except for brief appearances here and there until much later down the road anyways okay. i'm guessing it was more to do with wanting to do tarvalin than not wanting to do camelot and well, i don't understand why they wanted to do tarvalon so badly well tarvalon is a huge plot point for the next you know several novels you have the whole Egwene, Elaine, Nynaeve arcs all going down in Tarvalon next two or three books. Right. But everything that happened in Camelin was a huge pot, plot point for the entire yeah. series. Because sort of. it keys off Rand and Loghain, them mm-hmm. both seeing each other. What Loghain saw when he saw Rand and why he left. Rand seeing Loghain and just like, wow, okay. Uh, the whole thing with Rand and Pad and Fane, Pad and Fane chasing them all over the town. Uh, Rand in the White Cloaks, that whole business, the whole politics of Camelin, that's important because the White Cloak, White Cloak influence on the city and all the the way that's going to be affecting everything going forward. Rand meeting Elaine, Rand meeting Gawain and Galad, meeting those characters, seeing the influence that they all have, meeting Elida. The whole thing of Rand standing out from the crowd with the two rivers folk. You don't look like a two rivers person. What the heck are you doing claiming you're from the two rivers? You sound like it, but you sure as hell don't look like it. Oh, and uh, yeah, latest little foretelling. This man stands at the center of everything that's going to be happening. Like the most important two, three lines in the entire book 
happens right there in Camlin. And they're going to be skipping it. So I think you're like totally right to bring up all these things because these are implications that have to be considered. Like if you don't do Camelin, which it looks like they're not, um, a lot of those things you then kind of have to figure out like, okay, so what are we doing instead? How are we working around some of those things? Um, now, some of them I understand. Like I understand not doing the Elida foretelling because I think it makes it super obvious what's going on. And it would be too early in the season for them to want to reveal that. Like, I, I think they want to reveal that Rand can channel and might be the dragon reborn in the, like the last episode. So um, I understand not doing the Elida foretelling, um, but you do have to think through some of these other things. Like are, uh, um, are Elaine and Rand going to meet? When are they going to meet? And and how is it going to impact like the development of that relationship if they don't meet in season one? Do they meet in season two? Maybe they don't even meet in season two. It's just, you know, it's something that they definitely need to think about. Um, so it, 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 but it's hard to know without seeing it all. Like, I want to know, like, how much are they going to like do in Tarval in this season that made them want to do it? You know, like what's, yeah. what's up with that? But Man, it doesn't belong it. in Tarvalon, it's just yeah so do we think that that's do we think that rand and matt might like go into tarvalon like go into the city not the white tower but like in the city in an inn do we think that that might happen um well i did have a second possibility is white bridge or loyal and basil gill okay that 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 works for those two so what like loyal would travel with rand and matt for longer or he might meet them up somewhere else, but yeah, it's a possibility yeah. that that's where they meet. Yeah, that I mean, gives maybe us back they thought. could meet somewhere on the road and like towards wherever they're going. And then he wants to continue with them because like they're going to Tarvalin and he wants to go to Tarvalin too. So yeah, could be, that could be. Um, so the one thing I don't mind about cutting Camelon, because I say cut the entire storyline dealing with this character you know, they're, they're further down the line story rate is Norgase. Yeah, I think that probably I, is going to happen. Her her entire storyline from the time, I, I think she should just be, you know, have Ravine just kill her and frame Rand. Have it, have it make it, have Ravine do it in such a way that people think because what they see looks like Rand killed him. Mm. So Gawain actually has reason because people mm. see, think they see Rand kill her. Gawain actually has a reason to hate Rand. Oh, that could be interesting. Because people saw Rand kill her Morghese. Yeah. And actually have Morghese actually be dead. Like, there's a body instead of she's just, like, gone. Gone. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you, that's not a bad thought. That could very well happen. Yeah. You know, the only thing I'd really say on that front is one of the things book fans of Game of Thrones hated was they completely got rid of the Stone Lady Stoneheart plot line uh, yeah and that's pretty much what you're doing is nixing that storyline yeah and one little bit of amusement that we could take is rand learning how to kneel to a queen and then using that when he meets the Amerlin. Mm. you know the Amerlin found that amusing but you know land found it amusing to have her kneel like that to her to the Amerlin. you know that was just that was just a little jab that man had. And that's just another little bit of flavor you lose by focusing more on Tarvalon and Loghain for season one mm -hmm. than on Rand and Matt making it to the Queen's Blessing and Rand falling over the wall and Camelot. Yeah. Oh. Um, I Well, if we don't get a scene where, like, Lan coaches... Rand on how to act before the Amarlin, I will miss that a lot. I yeah. love that scene so much. But like, if we have like Maureen and Swan together in Tarvalin, like right before Maureen goes to Faldara, like would Swan have a reason to follow her? I mean, I guess maybe they could create it like Maureen um, doesn't like tell her what she's doing. And then, like, Swan is mad, so she goes after her and, like, goes to... I'm just wondering, like, whether Swan would actually go to Faldara um, or not. But 
Maybe I maybe just, they wait. Maybe she will still. I just feel like they've tied themselves in a knot. No, I was kind of looking at the map again here. Could always uh, definitely play around with the map too. They could. I mean, I kind of hope they don't. Like, oh my, they don't even want to think of that. That seems way too complicated. But I think I think it could be done. Like basically, but but you'd have to have people like traveling by boat. You'd have to have police that as a. I think if you're sticking to it, that's the plot point of getting to Tarvalin instead of um, Camelin. You just so you go a little bit past Camelin to the river, take the river up to Tarvalin. Messing with the map is something they should definitely not do. I that that, like I just that that's just sacrosanct. I also think it creates more complications than is really like necessary. Um, well, if you want them to meet up somewhere and yeah. then take a boat to Tarvalon, you'd have to move the river. Unless you have them bypass an extra hundred miles. Well, um, maybe maybe some of them don't make it all the way to Tarvalon, right? I don't know. That's the other thing is like, do we know where like all like the Ogier groves are because? Right. I mean, if they have, if they have loyal with them, basically they can do like a, Hey, he can like sense them. They can throw some random abandoned steading, I guess, anywhere they want to. Well, I definitely cannot wait till the show comes out. Yeah, I know. Definitely. So many questions. Just to answer some of these questions that we just don't know. Right. Um, Because it is hard to piece it together. Any other things that, um, jumped out in this uh trailer the rings i said i rings right so i yeah. also like very different design choice what do you guys think about that i'm not happy with them but one thing i noticed when Stepan was holding kareen's and kissing it mm-hmm. there was no stone in it Ooh. there was no green stone in it at least maybe the stones are like something that can be put in and taken out because um okay so like let's say they keep the idea of like an accepted getting a ring they shouldn't have a stone they haven't picked an aja yet Um, but the design of it did look like maybe it would be something where a stone could be added so then maybe the stone can be removed you know i don't know why they would necessarily do that but maybe um that's a freaking huge stone it'll make being slapped by them a lot worse Especially if they turn them inwards. I was just thinking, like, okay, so practically speaking, like, this makes it so that, like, you can tell an eye to die from a distance more easily because the ring is very visible. Um, and they do okay. seem to not be using shawls because they're in the hall of this of yeah, the what, tower, and no one's wearing shawls, so I don't think they have them. It's like. And but they are using like the colors, um, like they're dressing in their Aja colors. Which oh, aesthetically, I think overall, I like it. Like shawls might look a little bit like old fashioned, um, and um, they're not going to use them all the time anyway. I like their outfits very, yeah. like the diversity of the different outfits and their styles, and I like them a lot. Um, the rings, like just aesthetically, I don't love, but maybe just they help, you know, from a practical standpoint. I just wonder why they chose to go without the shawls. I mean, shawls are pretty simple, and you know, it's not hard to miss fringe that hangs down about that long. It's colored. It's from a shawl. Well, in the yeah. books, the eyes that I rarely wear them. Right, like right. So, if you want to be able to like easily distinguish between them early on, and when they're not wearing their shawls, then you don't have that as like. So, I think what they're doing instead is the clothing being more in their Aja colors, and the rings being prominent. Yeah, that's my like hunch on the on the lack of shawls. I just kind of a modern aesthetic. Not pleased not happy with the style of the rings and the, sh- the lack of shawls that's all i i'm not so much i'm more upset about style and design choices than i am upset about story choices they've made i might question story choices but i'm not upset about them mm-hmm. yet because we haven't seen them play out yeah right 
there's always, hopefully, there's always reasons for things, right? And they yeah. may not always be obvious. And I think that's the important thing to kind of keep in mind with adaptations in general is, and that's kind of what we're trying to do here, right? We're trying to look, think through what are the reasons for these kinds of changes. And yeah. it is hard to speculate on what some of those are without the full context. We just have a teaser. So it'll be a lot more interesting. Oh, yeah. Definitely. To talk about in a full context of an episode. But, you know, we definitely got a lot of interesting things to talk about in this teaser. So that's the real gift here. Yeah. Thank you all for watching. And um, we're definitely going to be back, you know, talking about the next trailer because there's going to be another one. And then breaking down these episodes um, starting November 19th. What is What has been changed from book to screen? What do we think about the changes? What are the reasons for them? So subscribe and come back. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to be awesome.